And welcome back to another edition, a podcast episode of Sanctified Reason. My name is Son Edom, along with Dan Delzell. Dan is a pastor at Redeemer Church in Papillion, Nebraska, and he is also an author that writes articles that appear on the Christian Post. And so, Dan, you know, we've been talking about a number of things over the course of our conversations together from politics, theology, etc. But one of the things that I guess people kind of take for granted, if maybe you're in the church, if you're outside the church, maybe you don't realize it's just the correlation between some of the things that we read about in the Bible that went on, you know, a couple thousand years ago versus what's going on today. And recently you were talking in a sermon about uh, something out of Chronicles about Satan, you know, standing up against Israel, challenging or uh, tempting David and maybe his pride and his vanity. And so I thought maybe we could just kind of touch on that today because that's something that we see quite a bit is that our focus is taken off of Jesus, taken off the cross by our own vanity, our own narcissism, you know, and Satan uses that to tempt us. He'll use any tool he can. And so I thought that that'd be something that we could just kind of talk about is, you know, how can we sit and realize that we are being tempted through our vanity, tempted through our pride, tempted through our narcissism, you know, maybe what's good, you know, what's good pride to have, you know, what's, what's good, you know, vanity to have, if there is such a thing and just kind of go over some things like that here on the uh, episode today. Yeah. What a terrific topic, Son. And, you know, right off the bat, um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the apostle Paul's, statement, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, that seems to be a wonderful way for a Christian to live. Because as you say, that message that uh, that I gave there on, on David in First Chronicles 21, you know, King David had had, you know, a lot of military victories. I mean, he also had his, his failures, as we all do. Uh, so he had kind of a mixture of things, but he was he was kind of at a high point, I guess, because he he decided uh, really it says Satan incited him to take a census of the people uh, there of the Israelites, and and so um, it wasn't something that uh, was done with the right motive. Um, you know, it, it ended up being something that was very displeasing and e- evil uh, in God's eyes, but it, but it was an example of of someone who I think there was at a time where he just was feeling very good about himself. And, and, you know, many commentators that I've read on that song seem to feel that, that David was, was really wanting to just kind of rely on, on the numbers there. Uh, you know, it turned out there were a million, 100,000, you know, fighting men that they, uh, that they counted, but um, rather than, than relying on the Lord, it seemed like he wanted to rely on the numbers and I think the kind of the, the lesson in that is that when we have some successes uh, in doing the Lord's work, or really it could be a Christian having success in their career or, or any area of life, um, we have to be very careful that we don't start to assume that somehow we've brought the success or that the success is for our glory um, and, and, and our notoriety, uh, because by nature, we are very proud. Uh, David, uh, like, like everyone, uh, would have had to have battled uh, pride, you know, being a leader, being a king. Um, you know, uh, this is probably one reason why God didn't want them to set up uh, the, the whole uh, system there with the king, because, you know, that's the way the world was operating there uh, around them. But that wasn't the way God wanted his people to operate, because God uh, always uh, 
uh, is is needing to be the focus, needing to be um, the center of our attention. He is our king. He is our redeemer. And so what the Israelites ran into is they, they had a lot of problems, you know, over the years with, with different kings, obviously. And even David, even though he was a man after God's own heart, he uh, he gave into pride there with that census that he took. And uh, like you said there in the opening song, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's such a common issue for all of us that um, we can never be too careful with it, especially when we are having, like I say, some success in some area. I mean, it could be a high school student who's who's a great athlete, or it could be someone who's a great student and, and very smart, or it could be, you know, someone who's climbing the corporate ladder or, or somebody who's winning a lot of accolades for this or that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is is just related to uh say like some some ministry through a through a church or a Christian organization. It it could be anything a Christian does that meets with success. Um, these seem to be the, the times when, you know, Satan looks for an opportunity to to have us act in pride, out, out of a, a spirit of pride. And that seemed to be David's um, failure there and that. And it was clearly evil in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, we don't have to necessarily, unless you want to go into more of that story today. But I mean, anybody can read First Chronicles 21 and see that, you know, what David did was evil. Now, he did confess his sin and God forgave him. And that was all good. Uh, there were a lot of consequences that came as a result of it, but um, we, we see that over and over again in the Bible, beginning all the way back in Genesis, um, you know, when, when we see that, that fallen angel, you know, Lucifer showing up in the Garden of Eden. Well, he was there because of his pride. And in fact, in Ezekiel, it says his heart became proud on account of his beauty. So, so the very first sin um, in the history of, of everything uh, the universe, everything, heavens and the earth, the very first sin was Lucifer's, and, and that was a sin of pride. So it shouldn't surprise us. I mean, that's his his master sin, if you will. Um, shouldn't surprise us that he, he, he knows that one very well, and he recognizes it in us, Son, when, when, when we start to dabble with that ourselves. You know, it's interesting you talk about the pride aspect because, you know, this is a subtle and simple, I guess, example of how we can kind of you know, lose our, lose our way, lose our sight. You know, for example, you and I, we met through a, a Christian talk show that I produced. And during those conversations, we got to know each other. But what I would do is I would put together, you know, little bios for the show host, Frank Sontag. And then when he would introduce you, for example, he would, uh, he would read a little bit about the bio and then introduce you, you know, as to who you are. And he would do that with, you know, every guest that came on. That way the listener kind of had a little bit of an idea of who was on the show. And as I would go to the church website or anybody's website, for example, especially some of these pastors that were in the mega churches and the bigger churches, and you would read the bios and read what they would say on their websites. And you would see more than, I guess, average, you know, there'd be quite a number of these bios that would say, so-and-so pastor brought this church from a couple hundred to 10,000 to 20,000, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and so they put the onus on the fact that the, the pastor did that. And I understand kind of right. where they're coming from, you know, yeah, the pastor mm-hmm. was the, you know, you, the pastors, the, the buck stops with him and he's the one that's in charge and so on and so forth. But in reality, it's, it was kind of taken back by it because it's not the pastor that it is God using the pastor and others through Correct. the church to, to raise up. And so then you start to kind of see a little bit of an arrogance come on some of these, you know, big time pastors because mm-hmm. they're, you know, kind of deified in a way and 
they've been given these, you know, accolades for creating this mega church. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're like, you know, bigger than life. And I think that that's the subtlety that we kind of sometimes have to be concerned about in our own lives is what little things are kind of the root cause of us having bigger things. You know, now people might not have, in that example, might not have any type of problem with it. They may oh, it's no big deal. You're nitpicking, whatever. But sometimes those little subtleties can be a big deal. You know, sure, it's, it's pretty like, look at me, pound on my chest. I did a great thing by making this huge mega church. Or, you know, you would hear people say, oh, you know, so-and-so led thousands of people to the Lord. But yet they, they're the ones that are not actually doing it. They're, again, they're being a, a vessel. They're being, you know, used by God to bring people. And I think that we just sometimes kind of get lost like that in the church or in our own lives where we try to put the onus on us and we're just the one being used. You know, we're just the one that God decided to use to, whether it's one person, whether it's a thousand, whether it's 10,000, whether it's millions of people, whatever God decides, however God decides, and whenever God decides he wants to use us, he will, and we should just be willing to do that and then give him the glory because he's the one that from the beginning of time knew that he was going to use us in that moment for that particular thing that he wanted us to do. Yeah, that, that is, that is absolutely correct, Son. And, you know, I think about the apostles themselves who, uh, you know, nearly 2000 years ago were, were practically being worshiped at times. I mean, people wanted to, you know, praise them when they saw them going around and, and, and performing these signs and wonders, which were, you know, that, that was one of the marks of an apostle uh, that you would perform signs and wonders. So, um, you know, you're right in that. I mean, today there are, uh, there are situations where you've got mega churches and then the, the tendency is going to be to want to praise the, you know, maybe like the senior pastor of that church as though, uh, you know, somehow he, 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 you know, brought all these people to the Lord, but um, really it's the Holy Spirit working through, through God's people, through the gospel primarily. And, and, uh, and the focus always needs to be on the gospel and on the Lord. Um, Whereas, you know, even in America, maybe even more so than other places, you know, bigger is better, supposedly. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I think Americans want to have their, their superstars. I mean, they want to have their, uh, you know, their, their people that, that they can put up on this pedestal. And, and when we, when we open the Bible, I mean, that, that's not the way God operates at all. I mean, God is there to receive the glory and the honor and the praise. And, and why, why would God ever want to have, any of his servants, any of those who are his children, why would he want them to be worshipped? You know, John the Baptist said it perhaps best. You know, when he was uh, announcing, you know, that the you know the the coming there of the Messiah, when he said he must become greater, I must become less. And and it's that spirit son that the Holy Spirit gives us, that Christ gives us, that the Father gives us. Um, Any time we're not operating in that, uh, I think about uh, the Old Testament uh, verse, I believe in one of the Psalms, it says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. So that has been a consistent theme throughout Scripture, that whenever men and women have been humbly serving the Lord in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, the last thing they want is to have the light shined on, you know, on them, uh, have the focus on them. That simply is not something 
that, that God ever uh, would, would, you know, inspire a person to, to do, because that, that would just be counter to, to who God is. I mean, he, he, he's not there to have, you know, people worship uh, human beings. Uh, he's there to be worshiped as, as our, as our God, as our creator. And I think that, um, you know, just like the example there that you gave with, uh, you know, mega churches today, that, that can happen um, in, in Paul's day. It was the apostles that they sometimes were wanting to uh, almost bow down before and worship. And, and so we have to be on guard in our own hearts, first and foremost, but also, you know, in our, in our churches, in our ministries, in our families. Um, you know, if we have a family member, maybe a son or daughter, somebody who's having some success, I mean, we, we want to raise our, our, our children to, to understand uh, the importance of, of, of humility, which means it's not about me. It's not about, you know, me making a name for myself. And, and that's something that, um, you know, that the kids, kids will learn at home uh, when that's modeled, when that's taught, um, because by nature, that's not the way we are. You know, by nature, the way we are is the way that some of these, you know, Hollywood celebrities are who they're just so brazenly out for just themselves. I mean, they, they don't even try to hide it. You know, I mean, they just brag about it. You know, some of them, uh, I mean, but, th- but that's, that's human nature. That's, that's, uh, that, that's where all of us, any of us would be uh, apart from, uh, from the Lord in us. Um, we, we do want, uh, we do want the glory. You know, what, uh, who was that singer, you know, with the, the, the famous song, you know, um, you know, you know, about, well, they were, oh, centuries, I guess, you know, I want them to remember me for centuries. I mean, that's man. That's, that's, that's the satanic spirit who, who was not content any longer, uh, I guess, to worship God in heaven. He wanted to be the object of, of, of praise and worship. Well, we see what, what that got him, you know, it didn't, didn't work out too well. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So if you try to take the glory that belongs to God, it won't, it won't turn out well for you. Um, and, and, and that goes, for uh, an angel uh, who turned ended up being a fallen angel there, you know, Lucifer, that goes for human beings, that can, that can go, that goes for Christians, for pastors, for anybody. Um, you know, he must become greater, I must become less. You know, Jesus said, you know, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, now, now service doesn't always seem to be met with a lot of, you know, applause and, and, and fame and glory, but, but that's what we're called to do. We're not called to be uh, the center of attention, or, or if we are maybe in a very public role. I mean, you know, take someone like a Billy Graham. I mean, who could have been in more of a public role uh, in ministry than Billy Graham? And, and yet I never, ever um, got the sense that, you know, Billy Graham was, was ever wanting to promote himself as a person. Uh, it was always the gospel, you know, and, and I think that's one of the big reasons why uh, the Lord used him so so mightily. So, so there are a lot of lessons uh, that we can learn and, and we're going to, we're going to fall short at times on that. And we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to let things go to our head at times. Like, Oh, wow. You know, I sure am. I look at me, look at what I did, you know? So that's, that's our tendency, but, but we have to resist that if we're going to be following um, the Lord uh, and doing his will and really pleasing him because they're, you know, uh, the Bible says pride goes before a fall and pride also is very, very displeasing to the Lord. As we saw with King David and him taking, the census, you know, wow, look at me, look at our, look at all, all that we have, look at our, my military victories. And well, uh, he, he came to regret that he came to be very, very sorry over what he had done. And especially when he saw, you know, um, you know, the 70,000 people that were, uh, you know, the 70,000 men that, that, that died as a result of, of his behavior. 
you know, one of the things I mentioned in the first part of the podcast was, you know, what is like good pride? What is appropriate pride? Because, you know, if anybody has been a part of somebody's journey to accepting Jesus and you've been a part of that, you know, that's an exciting moment. You know, we get pumped up and it's like, hey, this is great. You know, we feel good about it. So it's okay at times, like if people were in the church and we see someone get baptized, someone's backyard and we're getting, um, you know, baptisms in the pool or whatever. You know, it's it's exciting to get pumped up about stuff like sure. that and, and, and mm-hmm. take pride in the fact that, you know, as a community, as a church, this came about. And so there is a time right. that we can celebrate, you know, and have that good feeling. But yeah. it's just it's just the subtleties like David, you know, David uh, would get these little subtleties of uh, having to do things to kind of, you know, pump himself up. You know, the other thing that is, is kind of interesting in, in today's you know age is the fact that, you know, I think we've got a lot of people uh, that are sitting and listening to, to messages, listening to interpretations of the Bible that, you know, aren't really true to what the Bible has to say, you know, and I think that that carries over in what we see in society today. So, for example, you know, if we're talking about the little subtleties that Satan might have, you know, you look at something like um, David, you know, and, and you look at his life. He was a man that was after God's own heart, you know, and he did a lot of great things and he had his faults and he did a lot of bad things and a lot of bad things that we can definitely learn from. But, you know, do you think that in this day and age that we're getting off message in the in the church when it comes to, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the biblical interpretation, but, you know, like I said, people will sit there and they'll call themselves Christians, but yet then they will support non-biblical things. You know, for example, that story that I tell every once in a while, I'm working at the, you know, the Frank Sontag show and we put the question out there, you know, is there any other way to heaven except through Jesus when the Bible says Jesus is the only way? And people will come out and say, yes, there is. And they swear up and down. They're lifelong churchgoers. And some of them have been to prominent churches that I know of. And yet they still claim other things than what the Bible is preaching. So do you think that there's some, that that could be a root cause of some of the things that Satan has gotten into the, in the church message, into the biblical message is trying to muck it up to either further cloud the church and cause confusion? I definitely think so, Son. And, and, and what you're pointing to is that um, if a person is not grounded in biblical doctrine, if they're not grounded in the gospel, if they don't understand the gospel really that much at all, um, you know, they, they might make a statement and, and, and assume that they're correct when they say, well, there are, there, you know, I believe in Jesus, but, but I also think there are many, many ways to get to God. Well, you know, Paul wrote, if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So what someone like that really needs to do is to sit down and, and, you know, and really read, read the scriptures and be taught the scriptures and, and come to understand, for example, that what is this righteousness from God that, that, that Paul talks about in Romans that, 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 that he writes, it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. If you really believe the gospel, if you really understand the gospel, you're going to come to understand that this righteousness is something that Jesus earned on the cross, and, and it's something that can be, be, be discovered and received no other way except through him. Because if there was another way, Son, that it could be received, then why would God have sent his only son uh, you know, to die for our sins, unless that was the only way that we could be forgiven? So, this, I mean, just a phrase as simple as that. I mean, this is just Christianity 101, you know, this righteousness from God. And if a person could come to understand that by by being taught that truth, by by meditating on that truth in Scripture, um, you know, he or she could come to find out, well, yeah, I can see now why, 
you know, you either have that covering for your sin or you don't. You're either like Adam and Eve who were trying to cover their shame with their fig leaves and, and you have your religion, your, your works or, you know, whatever. But, but, um, if you don't have Christ, you don't, you don't have the covering. So let's take that person who might say, well, I'm a believer in Jesus, but I believe there are many ways. Well, let's hope that that person truly is, you know, saved, redeemed, born again, justified and forgiven through faith in Christ alone. Let's hope that's the case. So, so if you have a, a believer, let's say, who, who is under the, um, you know, delusion that there are many ways or multiple ways to get to heaven, then it's simply now going to be a matter of just being taught the Bible, being taught the basics, being taught the gospel, you know, really get going a little bit deeper into understanding. Yes, it's great. You believed in Jesus. You've trusted him as your savior. Um, you've been born again by the Holy Spirit then, if, if, you know, if, if Christ is your savior um, and, and you're relying upon his death for your sins, but but now we need to go we need to go back to the word we we need to keep going to the word we need to understand you know what what paul meant when 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 he said if righteousness you know could could be gained through the law meaning um the, i mean the person needs to stop and think about when when they say many roads lead to god what they're saying is um you know righteousness can be gained through the law righteousness can be gained through that religion or that religion or that religion because they surely don't don't proclaim the gospel they don't proclaim that it's only Christ's death and Christ's blood that forgives us. Um, they're proclaiming other things. And, and, and so you simply cannot maintain that, that, uh, that false view if you're going to be true to Scripture. But, but this just goes to the need for, um, for just being grounded in biblical doctrine. And, um, you know, for those churches that aren't really preaching the word, and, and maybe they're just giving some feel good messages or maybe they're just giving, you know, you know, six steps for a better marriage and eight steps for better finances and this and that. Well, OK, I mean, are you just preaching self-help or are you preaching Christianity? Because Christianity and self-help are not the same thing by a long shot. Um, Christianity is rooted in Christ. It's rooted in the gospel. It's rooted in the fact that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Self-help is all about, you know, learning a few principles, picking yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, I'm going to have a better financial uh, outlook this year. I'm going to have a better marriage. I mean, all of these things can happen, you know, through, through scripture. But, but um, if a person's just presenting, you know, more of the, of the self-help approach, um, that, that goes on in churches, you know, that, that goes on in churches where the, the scriptures are just maybe kind of tacked on a little bit here, but we're, we're really just going to um, kind of be more of a more moralistic, uh, uh, it's going to be more of a moralistic message, you know, do this, do that. Uh, I mean, the, hey, the New Testament has, has the do's and the don'ts, but it's only built upon the foundation of, of Jesus Christ and faith in him and the gospel and, and to be rooted in the gospel. Part of what that means, son, is to really understand what the gospel is and why nothing else even comes close to that, uh, to that message. So um, this is why any other religion doesn't come close to giving the forgiveness of even one sin, you know, because when you come to see the importance of the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 7. Um, now, 
if we have redemption through his blood, um, can a person also get redemption in some other way? Well, no, you can't. Christ wouldn't have died if you could. So, so yes, I, I think your, your point is, is right on target. And, uh, um, it does. It does contribute then to a lot of problems uh, in in a person's life if, if they're not grounded in Scripture. Um, and, and we all need that on a daily basis because we're all uh, still struggling with with our own, um, you know, sinful desires and, and the world and the devil. They're all coming at us. But, but we can be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And we don't have to cave uh, to just, you know, something that somebody else is promoting. But it, it, if it's not grounded in the word of God. You know, we had a conversation, Dan, recently about just new sites and other different types of um, information, you know, places. You know, whether it's a website you go and look for news or maybe it's a magazine or maybe it's a a book that you might get from somebody or maybe a Bible study that you're going to follow. And, you know, let's go back to the news kind of websites for a little bit. You know, so people have something they need to put out there. You know, they have so much content that needs to be put out there every episode, every day, every, you know, updating. And so it seems that, okay, if I'm hosting a website and it's a news information website and I need to fill that information, I don't think there's going to be enough quality content to necessarily fill the entire website. So I might add some stuff as filler. It might be neutral, it might be whatever, but it's going to be up there. And even though it's up there, it's going to have an impact. If I'm somebody that is a person that puts out Bible studies, you know, at some point I need to keep putting out these, publishing these Bible studies, put it out there, put it out there, put it out there, because, you know, people are expecting it. You know, I might need it for my income. You know, it might be uh, a necessary thing to fit the brand that I'm out there, you know, because branding now is the biggest thing that we've got going on. Everybody has a brand. Everybody has something branding. And so the content then kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of gets watered down a little bit. You know, we're kind of mass publishing things and putting things out there. So there really isn't that focused, there really isn't that concentrated conversation of what the Bible study might be about, what the website might be about. And so, for example, a website might post some things up there, and uh, maybe it's not the best to put out there, but they need to fill fill their space, so they put content up there. And then that content creates uh, confusion or creates uh, doubt or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so I think, too, we also have gotten into this in the Christian world, in the church world, that there is so much content out there that needs to be filled that sometimes it's not even filled with quality stuff. It's not even filled with right stuff, with good stuff. When we do radio shows uh, in the past, I remember we would talk about, you know, it's better to just bring the best that you have and then maybe move on or bring the best that you have and then call it quits. Like in, in podcasting, podcasting 101, they teach you that because everybody either has a one-hour, two-hour, three-hour podcast, but, you know, for, for new people that are just getting into it, for example, it's better to give your best 15 minutes of anything that you've got and then be done because in podcasting, there's no real time limits. Just give us 15. Don't worry about the hour. Don't worry about time. Just give us the best 15 you've got, the best 10 you've got. Give us your best content and then be done because that's going to have the biggest impact in what you do. And so people would sit in sermons, you know, and the, and there was a, a growing trend at one time where pastors would be like, I'm not a 30 minutes preacher, you know, where I'm an hour preacher. And you start to listen to them 
and it becomes redundant. They're saying the same thing over and over, just four, five, six different ways just to get to that hour. So it's almost like, you know, we take the focus and the concentration off the leading of the Holy Spirit and we get into these mm-hmm. other little subdivisions of, okay, I can't be a 30 minute preacher. So I need to expand to an hour or we're not a 60 minute church or a two hour church or we're not a, like when I grew up, uh, they, they took the, uh, the youth group and they said, we're a youth ministry. We're not one of those youth groups. And it's all names. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's what you do. And the content you put out and the character that you are and how you affect other people. And are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you bringing glory to him? Are you putting the focus on the cross? What are we doing as opposed to how much we're doing, what it is that's out there as far as content? And I think that's another little subtlety today that, you know, Satan uses is let's just put content out there. And then the biggest thing is let's just put content out there and put God on it. And Christians and people just absorb it because God is in the mixed uh, in the mix of this message and people just absorb it without really paying attention to the subtleties of what's being said, what's being printed, what's being posted. You know, son, I think we, we, we see that in the Christian world today, you know, as you're sharing that, I, I can't help but think about just the way, for example, to kind of go to your, your point about just marketing things, you know, and selling things, you know, how many Christian bookstores I'm sure have, have been maybe very light on, on, you know, focusing on whether a particular book that they're going to sell, uh, is, is grounded in scripture, um, and, and, and more focused on, uh, maybe, uh, you know, is it going to sell some copies? And, um, you know, a classic example of this is, uh, you know, kind of what's going on in, in recent decades in America with what's known as the prosperity message. And there are certain preachers that, you know, will stand up and, and, and preach their prosperity message that if you have enough faith, you can basically write your own ticket and you can, you know, uh, create your own wealth. Your words have power. I mean, it's like Christian science and it's, 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 uh, um, greed and, and all sorts of things mixed together. But, but then if you walk into a Christian bookstore and you see like a section of books, you know, from, from this ideology, you, you, you say, wait a minute, you know, why, why would these be in a Christian bookstore, um, that, 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 that promote a, a prosperity, what, what some call the prosperity gospel, which is not the true gospel at all. Uh, you know, the, the true gospel is about the forgiveness of our sins through Christ's death for us, not about, you know, how can you become rich in this life and, and have all of your, uh, personal desires. Man, you know, the thing that's interesting to me on, on, on that particular issue too, son, is that, you know, Jesus told a rich man one time who, who was really self-righteous and, and kind of saying, Hey, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to learn about God and everything, but then, you know, the Lord was telling him some things and he didn't seem to be getting it. And then the Lord said, Hey, you know, go and sell everything you have and then come follow me. Well, that hit the man right where his number one focus was. And, and he went away sad because it's like, Hey, that's not what he was looking for. You know, he wasn't looking for Jesus to tell him, you know, to give everything away. Uh, and, and, and this is the thing that, that, um, I don't know how many people or how many of their followers stop and think when they, when they watch, you know, maybe one of these guys or gals on TV who, who have their mansion and their, maybe their private jet and they have this or that. And they're asking you to send your $20 and, you know, cause they know if they get thousands and thousands of people to do that, it, it's, it's going to pay for, um, that next jet and it's going to pay for the other lavish trips and everything else. You know, but, but I wonder how many of those people, um, who get, you know, kind of 
drawn into that, how many of them stop and think, now, wait a minute, you know, if, if, if this person that I'm so looking up to was really following, you know, the words of Jesus, wouldn't they be, wouldn't they be giving that away? Wouldn't they be, I mean, rather than asking me for more and more money, rather than getting me pumped up to think that if I just give some more money, I can live like them and I can have, you know, but, but what it does is it, it appeals to man's, um, you know, just, uh, human nature and our earthly nature and our, our flesh and, and the desire to have the accumulation of things. You know, the Bible says anyone who wants to get rich falls into temptation and a trap. So yes, I, I we, we are, living in a day son when um you know you, you've got situations where there would be some people marketing things in the name of the lord um but but the message is, is way off if it's a message of 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 uh you know prosperity meaning um you know a message of of just uh um getting rich so you can spend it on yourself and 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 this is not at all what what the lord intends uh um you know the lord uh, wants us to focus on on the kingdom of god not on material wealth and and um, and riches and so forth. So um, that's that's a big part of, of I think what we see going on in in uh, you know in in churches in America and and just like with pride, um, you know, greed is another one of those things that you know is is very tempting. And and if you bite of the apple and, and you start to chase those things and and you start to fill your mind, you know, with 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 oh I got to have this, I got to have this, and look at my my favorite. You know, my favorite quote unquote Bible teacher, you know, he has a jet and a mansion, so he's got to be doing something right, you know, and, uh, you know, otherwise he wouldn't have all those millions of dollars. So let me, let me kind of, you know, let me kind of get, get connected to him a little bit and his teaching. And if I just start saying the magic words that he's telling me about, you know, you can speak these things into existence. And I never knew that. Wow. Uh, you know, so it's all just, um, very, very dark stuff that, that is, is not going to help people get closer to the Lord, but it is going to stir up a lot of, um, you know, a lot of selfish desires from the basement room, um, of our soul. We all have that, the sinful nature. And, and so, uh, here again, um, our, and the need for discernment, um, and we're all just as guilty of sin as these examples I'm giving. So I'm not, you know, trying to say that, that those folks are, you know, such bigger, big sinners and we're, we're, we're some perfect people, but I'm saying these are pitfalls. These are big, big, problems uh uh that that people run into when they take their eyes off of the lord um and and a lot of times you see those go together of course pride and then the love of money so if you get somebody up there you know who's really you know uh trying to convince people that if they just give to their ministry, sow a seed here, you know, and God's going to give you a thousand dollars. And, you know, um, I mean, people who talk that way, you know, um, I would say probably 99 times out of a hundred, you know, it, it's somebody who seems to be just be wanting to accumulate riches and, and, and they bought into this, um, to this, this idea that God wants you to have all of these material things, you know, because, and here's what, here's what they're doing, son. They're, they're going off of the old covenant, not the new covenant. They're, they're, and they'll point to the old Testament, you know, and they'll point to Abraham. And, but, but what people don't understand when they do that is the, yes, God did. He did that in the old Testament. Yes. He did bless them with many, many things. He would reward them with things for, for their obedience. And they would have all sorts of, you know, gold and everything else. Right. But, but in the new Testament, you, you, you know what you get if you're just like, like 
faithful to, to the nth degree, you know, you get, well, you might be martyred for your faith. Uh, you might have no place to lay your head like, like the Lord, um, you know, in, in his ministry, you, 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 you may be, uh, you know, you may be persecuted, but, but boy, God's got you covered, you know, for eternity. But when we come under the new covenant, it's not the same. I mean, after God gave us his son, you think God's going to be, be telling people, Oh, well now just do this and do this and you can have material wealth. I mean, God, God upped the ante like a thousand times. Of course, this was always the plan, obviously, but, but he said, okay, you know, now, now I've kind of shown you, um, some things in the old Testament, but now I'm going to give you my son. And, and, uh, but it's all different. And so these, these prosperity preachers that are, um, that are, that are preaching, uh, you know, this message, they are completely ignoring, um, you know, what, what Christ did for us. They're completely ignoring the message of the new Testament. They're completely ignoring Jesus's warnings about money and wealth. And, 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 you know, it's harder for a rich man, you know, to enter heaven, uh, than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. They ignore all that. And, and they flaunt their riches. That's the thing that's so, so just brazen. I mean, they don't even try to hide it. You know, and it's just like, oh my goodness, you, you think that's, you think that's what God's called us to do? You know, go back and read the New Testament again. You know, one of the things that has breached our culture this past year is this kind of woke society. You know, we got to cancel everything because it might be offensive to everyone. And I think the church is starting to fall into that. What I mean by that is, you know, I've, I've seen little stories pop up here and there about a message being preached at the, at the church, at the pulpit. And then there's backlash from it. Now, the, the message could be very biblically based, but yet the church will come out and apologize. Now, each instance, I guess you'd have to look at by itself to really see, you know, what was being said, what the backlash was, who was offended. You know, I'm obviously, if you talk transgender ideology from the pulpit, you know, and, and, and compare that to biblical uh, theology, you know, you're going to have probably some outrage from the transgender people because, you know, that's just what it is or if you come out against you know lgbt because and you compare the worldly view to lgbt lgbt and biblical you know principles to lgbt you might have some backlash because you know again the bible does speak very specifically on these topics but you're starting to kind of have some other these kind of general sermons that people are talking about and preaching from the bible and there's some sort of person that's offended for whatever reason and there's a backlash and the church apologizes and i think it's kind of a deadly slope because Churches coming out and apologizing for what the Bible has to say and saying that they didn't mean to offend anybody and hurt anybody. It's like the reality is the Bible is offensive. The Bible is offensive to people that don't believe it because it calls out their sin. It calls out what they're doing. It calls out, you know, and doesn't even call it out. It reflects. It's like, it's like a mirror in front of us and it's saying, look at, I'm the mirror and this is what you're doing and you're not matching what you're supposed to be doing. And so maybe you should change so that your reflection is different and mirroring more of what Jesus, you know, it's like, if you hold up the Bible and you look at the Bible as a mirror, you might see Jesus's face there. And it's like, am I, am I that, am I, am I looking like Jesus and acting like Jesus? Am I being like Jesus? And so I think that that's kind of a slippery slope when churches start to apologize for what the Bible has to say, just because somebody's offended. But in this woke culture, this woke society where we can't offend people, um, that becomes a dangerous thing. And on a side note too, you know, the church, what I don't think people understand is the church is designed for the unsaved, if you, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, okay, we're saved. We go to church. That's great because we want to commune with other believers. We want to be in the word and do all this. 
but open up the church, you know, your church doors. It's not a country club. It's not, you know, a privatized thing. Anybody can be there. And to invite these people in and have conversation would be very important and very key. But to apologize because the Bible says one thing, and just because you find that offensive and disagree with it, I'm not going to apologize for what the Bible says because, you know, let's have a conversation about it and not just apologize for it. Yeah, you know, I tell you, Son, this is this is what I see, you know, the apostles doing. Um, you know, when, when they went out there in the book of Acts proclaiming the gospel, you know, they, they said, we must obey God rather than men. I mean, they, they were told, hey, shut it down. Um, you know, they, they were kind of experiencing a can, cancel culture of sorts right out of the chute. You know, there were people trying to cancel them out who didn't want to hear it. And, and that actually has gone on, Son, now for 2,000 years all over the world, wherever the gospel has gone out, it, it has been met with, with opposition, kind of like when, when Nehemiah was called to rebuild the wall there in the Old Testament, and, and, and he faced opposition. People were, were raised up uh, to, to try to distract him, to try to oppose him. When I say raised up, I mean Satan works to stir up instigators. We, we see this a lot with Jesus in the New Testament, where, where the Pharisees would come, and, and they would just be instigators. Um, I mean, Jesus would be preaching a, a a beautiful message, which which he always did, and 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 he would be sharing how to how to uh, you know promote love and, and help those who are down and out, and yet because they were so dead set against him, they always tried to spin it and turn it and twist it, um, and it goes back to really um, does a person have the Holy Spirit living within them yet or not? Uh, because the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, and he cannot understand them uh and well they're in their foolish to him and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned so when when we're dealing with people who are antagonistic to the gospel uh maybe angry or even hateful um you know, just like when we're dealing with somebody who, you know, loves money and, and, and that's their message, you know, they're, they're preaching money. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a dark, a darkness that can only be cured by that person repenting and, and receiving the light of Christ. And, and, uh, you know, Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if a person loves money, they're going to talk about money all the time. If a person loves Jesus, they're going to talk about Jesus all the time. If a person loves God's word, they're going to talk about God's word all the time. You know, um, if a person loves himself or herself, they're going to talk about themselves all the time. You know, look at what I've done, or I just did this, or I just did that. Um, you know, so out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and this is why the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Because whatever we dwell on, whatever we feed our soul, that's going to tend to, to come out of our, of our pores, so to speak. I mean, it's going to come out in our words. It's going to come out in our attitudes. It's going to come out in our behavior. Um, and, and this is why we all are in such desperate need uh, for the word of God. Like the prophet Jeremiah, who said, when your words came, I ate them. And, and, you know, Simon, you, you referred to this a moment ago. I mean, with all the stuff out there today and all the stories, I mean, an endless number of stories. You know, you go online and, you know, you, you could spend all day and just barely touch the tip of the iceberg of what, what, what's being put out there on all sorts of, of uh, uh, you know, platforms and things. Uh, but, you know, Christian, you know, secular, I mean, all sorts of stories out there. But, but you know, the question becomes, um, what's going to really feed my soul today? What's going to help me live as a 
disciple of Christ. I mean, how much time do I really have that I can afford to invest in that? And it's not just the, it's just not the time factor, but it, it's what is it going to do then to my outlook, to my attitude? Uh, is it going to build me up in my faith? Uh, is it going to help me become more of a humble servant of the Lord? Or is it going to make me be thinking more about myself? Is it going to make me more self-conscious where I'm always looking at what I'm doing? You know, here's what I'm doing. I, you know, I never, I never do good enough or I always do great. I mean, both of those are examples of pride, aren't they? You know, because we're turned inward and, and, and we can become such, you know, uh, navel gazers, you know, where we're looking inside, you know, uh, where we're looking inside. Oh, you know, I, I'm not good enough or, or I'm so great. And it's like, Hey, um, the place to look for peace, for power, for purpose, uh, is to look to the Lord and his word. And, and maybe today more than ever that, that becomes challenging because there are all these other things, you know, clamoring for our attention, you know, Hey, here, you know, you know, and we hear that term, you know, clickbait, you know, uh, just click on this article, click on that, click on this, click on that. Well, um, you know, um, how about, you know, clicking on, um, the book of first Chronicles or the gospel of John, you know, or the Psalms. Uh, or uh, the book of Revelation or Matthew. I mean, there's a lot of good things to click on uh, on a daily basis where if we spend 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour just meditating and then throughout the day, letting different Bible verses roll through our mind rather than just, you know, we, everybody's heads buried in their phone. You know, well, I got to see this text. Or I got to read this email. Or I got to look at this thing on Facebook. Or, you know, got to do this, got to do that. And, and it's like, where is any time for my soul to be nurtured, you know, in any of that. So, and, and, and to be strong in the Lord. So no wonder the Bible says pray without ceasing uh, because we are so weak in and of ourselves. We have no strength in and of ourselves. And, and apart from the power of the Holy spirit, working through the word, working through, you know, Christ, our savior uh, who dwells within us as well as believers, you know, apart from that, um, we're a pretty hopeless bunch. Um, we're we're, we're going to go astray in a hundred different ways. Um, but with the Lord, um, we can find that narrow path that he talks about, you know, um, that narrow gate. And and I know there are those like you, you referred to, son, today who say, well, Christ can't be the only way. Well, what they're saying is then Jesus wasn't telling the truth when, when he said, you know, that he's the gate and that there's a wide road to destruction. They, they, they want to change that to say, no, there's a wide road to heaven. There's only a very, very narrow gate for those who, who miss out, you know, people like Hitler and, you know, a few others and, and uh, you know, um, but, but other than that, everybody else is going. And, and so just get over yourself and, and stop preaching this exclusive message. Um, well, they said that to Jesus, they killed him, you know, because they hated his message. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we aren't, we're not always going to be receiving a much better reception in the world, uh, be, because this is a message that, um, it, it does not fit with, with human reason and, and the way man would naturally look at things. You know, man's natural responses, everybody's okay. God's going to get over it. Um, everybody's going to go to heaven if there is a heaven or most people will. So just live your life, enjoy your life now, you know, have your best life right now. And, and, and worrying about sin and salvation and, 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 you know, heaven and hell and, and the devil and demons and, and Christ in you and all of this doctrinal stuff. We don't need doctrine. We just need, just give me a few principles. 
just tell me how to have better finances, how to have a better marriage, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, but that's our human nature, you know, but that won't, that won't ground us in biblical uh, theology or, or Christian discipleship. But I certainly can understand why um, any of us son would, would gravitate in that direction because that's, that's the basement room of our soul right there. It just wants something for self rather than for Christ. Yeah, the other thing, too, that is uh, we get lost in with the social media aspects of today, the televisions, we've got a billion channels, we've got our phone has every type of entertainment that we could possibly need, want, desire. Um, we've got all this stuff that is just inundating our senses, our psyche. And the one thing that we forget is be still, you know, be still and know that I am God. And we look to other people, we look to other entities to tell us, you know, it's it's almost like we're society where... We have to be told what to do. I mean, look at the political climate today. You know, we were told to wear masks uh, if you were in certain parts of the country. We were told to lock down. And then we were locked down for a year, let's say, in California. And then as things start to open up, I'm reading from from top people, even people that you see on TV, that they were scared to go back outside because they weren't sure if it was safe because they were told that it's still scary out there. You know, and they're still told that it's this and it's that and, and we have to wear a mask and, and unvaccinated people are the bad guys and, and we're being told what to do and what to think and how to believe. And even in the church, we believe that. We look to other ministers and we look to other Bible studies and, and, you know, guru speakers and go to Twitter and social media to get all this thing. But yet what we, the only thing when we, what the one thing we neglect, the biggest thing is just being still and listening because God will tell us. If we're, you know, if we have our act together, God will tell us. He will guide us. He will lead us. You know, it might not be an audio like someone actually talking to you, but you might have a sense, a feeling. You know what to do. And if we just calm down and take a moment and let and listen to the leading of God, things might be a whole lot different, even for Christians. I mean, I know a lot of people that had knee-jerk reaction to, to the politics or a knee-jerk reaction to COVID or a knee-jerk reaction to any number of things. And, you know, I get that way too. You know, I'm a problem solver. I want to solve problems immediately and come up with a solution and, and how can I get this fixed and what can I do to change that and how can I put this together? But sometimes I just got to step back and realize, you know what, I'm not in control of this ship. I'm just a part of the ride and I need to let God control it and let him open the doors when it's in his time. Let him reveal the information when it's in his time. And it might be a no. Yeah. It might be something we don't want. You know, he's, he answers yes, no, or maybe like, wait, you know, my answer is going to come, but you have right. to wait. And so if we would just be still and know that he is God and allow him to take the reins and lead, you know, things might be not going to be completely easy, but things might be easier and the anxiety and the stress that we feel of having to be in control might actually go away and we might find ourselves enjoying life a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely another aspect, isn't it, son of, 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 uh, of self, you know, self, wants to be in control, it's very difficult to let go and let God, you know, as they say, it's very difficult to be guided by the Lord when, when self is clamoring to, to, to be back on the throne of our heart. Um, but, you know, we, we, we can't be spirit led and self led at the same time. We can't be following Christ closely and following ourselves closely at the same time. So, so we're going to have to choose. 
you know, moment by moment, day by day. Um, and sometimes we get it, we get it right. You know, and other times we, we fall back to the old pattern of, of just going uh, with our instincts, going with self, you know, going with our, our, uh, inclinations. But the problem is that many times our inclinations uh, are not godly. Uh, many times our inclinations are not the direction God wants us to go. So we need, uh, we need prayer, don't we? Lots of prayer, lots of waiting, lots of being still, as you just, uh, you know, wisely pointed out, um, listening uh, for the Lord's direction through his word, um, watching the Lord, uh, you know, guide our steps. You know, there's that great verse in Proverbs, you know, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And so we're very quick many times to plan our course. And like you said, son, because we want to be a problem solver, you know, we're very quick to jump into something and maybe try to start solving something or doing something or, or, or have something accomplished. But, but this is why, you know, uh, Oswald Chambers would, would, would make the statement in my, my utmost for his highest, which is the most popular devotional ever written. Um, you know, that's why he would make the statement, um, you know, that prayer is the greatest work we do as a Christian. Uh, now, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, they estimate that over 5 billion copies of the Bible uh, have been have been sold. Uh, I, I believe that's sales as, as compared to maybe just, uh, I, I don't know, you know, distributed in some other way without selling. But, but be that as it may, 5 billion is a lot. And, and so what we see in that is even with a devotional, like my utmost first highest is as many nuggets of truth as that, you know, contains, um, nothing can take the place of scripture, the wisdom of scripture, the power of scripture, the guidance of scripture. And, um, and, and the more we are filled with the Holy spirit, the more we're going to be drawn to the word. Um, the more that we are filled with self, um, the less we're going to be drawn to the word. So that's why I wrote that article here uh, a few years ago entitled, um, you know, eat until you're hungry. Um, so, you know, Jeremiah said, when your words came, I ate them. They were my, my, uh, my heart's delight, my joy and my heart's delight. Um, you know, Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Um, you know, and Peter were told, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. So what I, I like to say is that when we find ourselves in a situation where, where we're not very hungry for the word of God, then eat until you're hungry. You know, it's counterintuitive. It, it goes against what we would typically do with our bodies. You know, like we eat till we're, till we're full sometimes. We, we eat more than we need to, you know, um, because uh, if we just let that food sit, sit for a while in us, we, we'd be full. But we just keep eating, especially if we eat when we're really hungry, you know. But, but it's the opposite in the spiritual realm in, in some ways. And, and, and that is if you're not hungry, then you need to eat more. Uh, you know, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm sorry. If you, I'm sorry. I didn't say that right. Um, it, if you're not um, feeling uh, the, the need for, for more food, if you're feeling full um, uh, and not having that, then, then, you know, you need to, you need to eat until you get hungry. Um, you know, not, not eat until you're full, but eat until you get hungry. Um, and, and, and so we, we, we don't do that with physical foods. Like, well, honey, I, um, it's, it's time for dinner. Well, I'm not hungry. We'll just start eating until you get hungry. You know, that, that's not the way we tend to do it in, in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, that is what we need to do because we need the word of God daily. 
daily uh, to, to feed us, to keep us healthy. You know, if you have a, if you have, let's say a, a one-year-old child or, or let's say a six month old child that, that has no appetite for food, you know, that appears to be an unhealthy child. It's like, what's going on here? We need to get this child to the doctor. We need to find out why is my child, why is my baby not eating, not wanting to eat? Um, and, and so as Christians, in order to generate that hunger, then if we're not, you know, because it is already going to be generated just by being born again. But, but there are things then that start to get in the way of that. If we don't nourish our soul, if, if we kind of neglect our soul, um, you know, then, then we, we need to get back to that place where, where we just start eating until we get hungry. And, and uh, it won't take long, and, and a Christian will find, hey, you know, I'm starting to really enjoy the Word of God again. I'm, I'm really getting into this. I really want to do this more. But it, it took eating until uh, we became hungry once again. You know, Dan, as we look over the course of the next couple of years, you know, there's still going to be some some uh, topsy-turviness going on in the country. I know things might continue to get worse. Maybe they never get better. I don't know. You know, God has his plan. But there's going to be some things still going on. You know, we've got uh, another election coming up in uh, about a year and a half, maybe, you know, a little bit less than that. Um, obviously, we still have, you know, COVID and and that going on. Um, plus there's going to be other things I'm sure that pop up in an uneasy world. And a lot of things are going to continue with the media and so forth to, you know, get people roused up, you know, again, try to get people to watch, listen, click, whatever the case may be. And so how can we find, what can we do to ensure that we have that peace that passes all understanding as we kind of move forward in, uh, in life over the next little bit in this, uh, what seems to be a kind of a, a, a height of turmoil in our country and our lives. You know, I, I love that phrase that you just uh, you just mentioned there uh, about God's peace. You know, passing all understanding, and and, and that's found son in in Philippians four. You know, for people who just maybe say, okay, Lord, just give me like you know five steps or ten steps. What can I do? Uh, well, hey, the Bible does have those. Um, I mean, once the once the uh, the epistles, for example have reviewed the, the, the foundation for our faith and the importance of keeping that as the focus uh, on Christ, um, there are, uh, you know, exhortations. There are rules for holy living. And and in Philippians 4, um, there's an answer to your question right there, Son, that we all would be wise to take to heart. Uh, and it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, I'm going to pause there a moment. That means no matter what's going on in the culture, no matter what's going on in your life, and that's not always easy, obviously. But, but that, that, that's, that's the way to peace. You know, Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all. You know, we live in a day of great road rage, and sometimes the, the rage we're feeling inside over something maybe is, is great. Uh, well, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then when we do those things, rejoicing in the Lord, being gentle, um, not worrying, which is hard, you know, um, praying about things, you know, all the time um, with Thanksgiving, you know, thanking the Lord. Then it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it really is a simple formula. I didn't say it's simple to live out. I didn't say it's easy to live out. To live out. But it's very, very simple. You know, anybody who thinks, well, you know, I'm not a, uh, I don't have a, you know, seminary degree, or I, I don't have all this great biblical knowledge like some Christians that I know. Hey, um, having biblical knowledge is wonderful, 
But if a person is not applying this, if they're not rejoicing in the Lord, it doesn't really matter how much biblical knowledge you have for that day or that week or that month, because you won't be living a, a spirit-filled life during that time. Um, if you're not being gentle with others, you can have all the biblical knowledge in the world. You know, if you're worrying uh, yourself to death rather than not being anxious with God's help, um, you know, if you're grumbling and complaining rather than doing things with thanksgiving, as this verse says, all of those things work against the peace of God, which you asked about son and and so these are some very practical steps that god will help us to do they're they're far easier said than done and and and, you know every day we 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 could look back at the day and say well you know i i wasn't giving thanks in that situation i wasn't rejoicing you know in the lord because i was so so caught off guard by that or or i I, boy i sure wasn't gentle there and and uh you know man i i spent like half my afternoon worrying about that issue i mean so all these things then that that we do um, to rob ourselves of peace. And, and, and it doesn't please the Lord when we're doing that. It doesn't bring him any pleasure, uh, nor does he receive any pleasure when we're all stressed out and anxious and, and grumbling and complaining and, and being harsh and, you know, the opposite of what I just read. Um, and, but, but, but one of the keys to it, and we've talked about that today, Son, here um, are, are the verses that follow there in verse 8. Um, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And boy, if that's not a verse that greatly needed today in the midst of, of you know, this, this onslaught, this social media onslaught, you know, you know, all of the bombardment of, of stories and news and this and that, um, our challenge remains as it did back there in, in Paul's day to think about things that are pure, um, to think about things that are noble, to think about things that are right and excellent. And, 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 and so one thing that that says to me, son, is we have to be careful that as, as the media uh, many times broadcasts um, some of the worst things going on, we have to be careful. How much of my time can I afford to invest in the worst things? How much of my time can I afford to invest in hearing who got shot today, who got killed, who went to jail, who did this, who did that? I mean, you know, we live in a country now, you know, over 330 million people. And and if something terrible happens, it's going to get reported. And then more outlets are reported, more outlets are reported. And so we, we can either sit around waiting to read all the bad news all the salacious news, you know, all the, all the stuff that, that is, is, I mean, or we can say, wait a minute, I'm going to put some boundaries on, on, on my, my, my thinking here. I'm not going to just go to those places. Um, and now, now it, it might mean going to a site that has a lot of, uh, a lot of helpful content, but then certain stories that you say, Hey, I'm not even going to mess with that because, um, you know what? I, I have far more important things I need to be thinking about and meditating upon. So um, it comes down to personal decisions, and and we have to have boundaries. We have to be um, disciplined in that because if we just go to whatever catches our eye, you know, be it just a visual image or be it a, a story, an article, uh, whatever, something on television or on the internet, um, if we just get drawn to whatever appeals to the eye or our mind, we have to be careful that, that it, it is, we're not just being led by the flesh. We're not just walking after those things that appeal to our, our earthly nature, um, you know, and, and so we 
absolutely have to have the word of God to, to bring that purity into our system. Um, you know, it's like if you had a water filtration system, let's say, and, and you knew that it was like pumping some, some, some almost like, let's say like some sewage water into your drinking water because there was some problem with it. I mean, you, you would no more put that into your body than, than the man on the moon. You wouldn't tell, I'm going to get a drink of that. I know it's got some sewage water in it, but Hey, a little bit of that won't hurt me. I mean, you wouldn't, nobody would do that, you know, but, but, but when it comes to the internet or to television or to things that we read, um, Oh, Hey, that looks, that looks interesting. Let's just pump that into my soul. Uh, even though it's just filthy, dirty, slimy, unhealthy, you know, whatever. Um, so, um, yeah, we have to be careful what we think about. And that's just maybe a kind of a long answer sign to your question. How are we going to have peace today? Because we all see things coming around the corner. You know, there's going to be this issue. There's going to be that issue in the culture. There's going to be this issue. There's going to be that issue. And, and it's like we could drive ourselves um, just out of our minds. If we tried to solve every one of those problems by spending time thinking about it, talking about it, being critical of this or that. I mean, there's a million things that we could criticize in the world. Um, but, but, you know, where's the time to feed our soul? Where's the time to be built up in the Lord? Where's the time to love our family and those around us and our neighbors and our, and our friends and those in our church and those at work? You know, how are we going to have anything to give? If all we do is feed our mind with junk, uh, you know, there'll be nothing there to give. There'll be no power of the Holy Spirit coming through us because rather than applying on those verses I just read in Philippians, well, I was too busy on my cell phone. I was too busy on the Internet. I was too busy with what was on TV. What was that you were saying about, you know, thinking about things that are noble and pure and right? Well, what did Paul say there? Well, yeah, the, the last four hours that, that maybe you, you, you found yourself just immersed in that other junk, um, you know, uh, he, Paul's talking about how to experience this on a daily basis, even an hourly basis. And, son, we don't, we don't learn that overnight. Even when we think maybe we've learned it, we still it, – it's a daily, daily challenge. Um, and only the power of God is going gonna, is gonna to push us through that and get us through that. But, but we've got to get into that zone. Um, you know, athletes talk about being in the zone. We've got to get into that spiritual zone where, where we're flowing with the Holy Spirit, not working against him, not grieving him um, by our, by our uh, attitudes and, and our focus. So um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot there to, to, for us to think about and work on, but uh, God will help us, you know, and, and God's more interested in this, you know, certainly than we are. Are even so he he's he's there to help us in our life of discipleship dan dozell pastor at redeemer church in papillion nebraska also an author of articles that can be found at the christianpost.com and dan thanks so much we appreciate the time that you uh give us each and every week to have these conversations and talk about the issues and we look forward to many more as god allows us to do this well, I sure do as well, Son. Thank, thanks so much, and another great visit today with you, and thank you for the super work you're doing. I, I look forward to next time. And for those of you listening, this has been Sanctified Reason, a podcast that takes a look at the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. I'm Son Edom, and until next time, God bless.